What's going on, Military Cashflow family? How are you doing today, Mike? Man, doing all right. It's a nice Saturday morning. Got some coffee going. Uh, after this, I'm going to work just a little bit. And then I think while the weather is still nice, you know, it's supposed to snow here in Charlotte this weekend, which is. You said insane. while the weather is nice, bro. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't too cold just yet. So while the sun is out, I'm going to try to get outside a little bit. Because as soon as it starts snowing, I ain't leaving the house, bro. Them days are done. I'm going to grab my woody and stay my ass right on the couch. You like feel like it, like. I got my smoker's jacket on right now, man. Yep. Like it's uh, I'm, if you guys, well, so I have my uh, my mother-in-law here, and she's uh occupying the office, so she she's staying for like a couple months. She wanted to kind of have a little little break, so now I had to move my office to the garage. You guys can't tell, like that's why you see black in the background, so you guys don't see a bunch of TA50. But it's cold down here, so I gotta keep my little yeah. <laughs> my little smoker's jacket on. You know, I got pants on, I got big socks on. I'm like, no, yo, I'm cold out in this garage, dude. So this this is what I'm doing for you guys. This is what I'm doing exactly it's the dedication man <laughs> bro i love the the military has the best like comfort gear man you know it's not like high quality but damn it it, it speaks to the soul bro smokers <laughs> jackets and woobies oh gotta love it yeah bro what else are you up to besides freezing your ass off in the garage nothing much man just uh we got we had a well we got a four-day weekend so i'm just kind of hanging out and uh oh, yeah. finishing up some um some uh nba applications and uh that's pretty much it man that's that's my weekend so yeah hell yeah that's pretty much it but uh i'm excited to see that we got uh, a good a great guest for you guys today man i know you guys have probably uh anyone who's ever closed on something before i'm sure they had a problem not a problem but they they thought to themselves man like why is it taking so long to close why does it take so long for me to get a clear title? Why does, you know, who is this attorney and what are they doing, man? Well, today we got a great guest for you. Um, we're going to talk all about that. We, uh, we're going to talk all about that. We got um, uh, Solomon Hegerica. He's going to come on and talk all about it from Hegerica Law. And uh, yeah, man, it's going to be it's going to be a great episode. You guys are going to learn a lot, especially about the uh, legal side of the house and what it takes to close on a home, Mike. Absolutely, man. So me and Saul go way back. We've actually known each other for right under two years now. But I mean, we play flag football together. You know what I'm saying? I got to showcase my athleticism every now and then. But uh, one thing I love about, about Saul is he's very transparent about how the process works, guys. And some of the things that he mentions is how literally everything in real estate truly is a business. We always try to pursue customer service as best as possible as real estate professionals. But we are also serving 150 clients, 200, 300 clients at any given time. So there is a sequence. Everybody will find their place in line at time of delivery. So he talks about what they all do on one side of the house, not to include what the broker's doing, what the lender's doing, everything else, which I think is so important for us moving forward as understanding how we need to negotiate, how we need to understand how that legal system works so we can set expectations up front. So without further ado, man, let's just hop to it and get you this good stuff here. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, Military Cashflow family? Today, we got Solomon Hegerica on. Uh, he's a, well, you know what? 
you do the introduction, man. Um, <laughs> what's going on? What's going on with you today? And uh, can you let us know a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do in the real estate space? Cool, man. Uh, don't give me the total floor, man. I'll talk all day. Um, <laughs> but uh, good, good, good morning, man. I'm glad to be on. I love what y'all doing with the podcast, man. I think it's really good to go ahead and give people, especially people you guys are familiar with, um, knowledge that they don't teach in schools and they don't teach anywhere else, man. So you either have to know somebody to know somebody to get into the game. Uh, but I'm not going to get on get on my soapbox, but I'm Solomon, uh, Solomon Jerica. Um, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland originally. I now live in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I practice real estate law, commercial and residential um, here in Charlotte. Uh, just opened up my own firm uh, and uh, started July. It was a soft open, hard open in August. Um, so uh, I'm here to help, help real estate uh, investors, realtors, uh, lenders. Um, I feel like that's my plug. I tell everybody that I'm, I'm a problem solver. You got a problem in the in the real estate world and it deals with the legal side, contact me. Um, what else y'all want to know about me? Uh uh, that's I, I think that, that's a good intro. Um, okay, but, uh, cool, we, cool, we can start. Cool. We can start kind of diving in a little bit because uh, I'm curious about um, I'm curious about like what you do on each side. You say commercial real estate. You said uh, residential. Also checked out your website and you said business entities as well. So right. what does that look like um, as far as the services that you provide? So we can kind of get a good idea of where, you know uh, some questions that we can ask uh, moving from there. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, one of your episodes, man, I checked out. Uh, I believe his name was Michael. He was on um, and he talked about, you know, you want to go ahead and have your real estate investment backed legally. So, you know, if you're going to go and dump money into something, you want to have it backed legally. And I think that's the biggest thing I tell my investors. I have a couple of investor clients. Um, what I do on the legal side is to make sure that you have clean title. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, <clears throat> a little bit about my background. I started at a firm called Brady Kosowski. Um, they did a lot of REO, um, refinance stuff. And so my mentor who actually brought me into the game told me, hey, look, man, you're going to be there a year. Um, you're going to hate it. But they do so much volume because they, they serve all 100 counties in North Carolina that you're going to learn the, the foundation, which is title. And so I think I learned a lot of title. And sure as hell, I was there for just a year. And then I moved on to another firm. But um, I think that's the biggest thing I provide to you guys um, because you don't want to buy a house or you don't want to get into an investment and the person that sold it to you doesn't own it because then you try, most of the time people are flipping it, right? Or if they're trying to do an Airbnb or if you're trying to flip it to a, a, a for family, that family, they want to have that house. That's their investment. So they want clean title and they're going to go through the proper channels to do so. So I always tell people, man, you want to do things the right way. And that's what we do as a, as a law firm. Um, we check the title, make sure it's accurate. We abide by any lender rules that they may have. Um, and then we go ahead and get everything on record for you guys. Uh, we also in North Carolina, a little different than most states, we're also the settlement agent. So we handle all the money. So the money comes in, we have all the money, we, kept, we cut checks everybody. So you're not worried about like, am I gonna get paid at this end of this transaction? Um, we handle all that and all the checks come from our trust account. So you know, they're not gonna bounce. Um, but that's mainly what we do, man. We give you that peace of mind that if I'm gonna throw in 20, 30, 10, 15, $5,000 into a property, um, I know it's mine. I love that because a lot of times people are so hungry to get a deal that as soon as something's presented to them, they're like, oh, I, I can pay $1,000 and get this deal and they'll do it. And that person never owned them, right? They got scanned. Another, another one that's real popular right now, and everybody needs to be aware of this, is you can own a property legitimately. Say you went to Solomon, you got your shit tight. 
somebody else can be presenting your deal on Facebook for rent, right? And collect the security deposit and everything else. So you have to go through these, uh, you know, my recommendation is go through these legal entities, go through these professionals that do this for a living. I also love how you said that you had the foundation and the title piece, because I think that's important. You know, not all, not all attorneys are created equal. Right. You know what I mean? So right, right. you want to make sure that they got that experience. They actually understand what to look out for. So, so you're not just going through the book checklist. They actually have real world experience. I mean, I tell people like this, man, <clears throat> there's bad mechanics, there's bad dentists, there's bad attorneys, man. And so sometimes you're going through all these titles and, and what I do isn't glamorous. I mean, I'm on the computer a lot. Um, but when I go through a chain of title, I can see what another attorney's footprint, another, their, their work, they got their name on it. You can see who closed it. And sometimes you're like, man, why would so-and-so do this? Um, I had a client the other day, man, where, you know, COVID hit, you know, everybody had been home for that year. No one went out, did anything. Her mom passed, left the house to her stepdad and her. Um, the whole year COVID goes by. She, she lives out in Raleigh. She stayed, I mean, the house is in Raleigh. She lives out in Charlotte. She never went out there, about two hour drive, you're not familiar. She finally goes out there and of May, the house gone. Mm-hmm. It's been developed. So not only did her stepdad sell the house, the, he sold it to a developer. The developer then sold it to a home builder. Home builder then put two pr- properties on it, sold it to two families. So now she's like, you can't sue the families, right? Because they went through the proper channels. And long story short, man, um, we're still dealing with it. We're, we have a little bit of deed forgery, which is a, which is a felony. So um, we're dealing with that. But, but the protection was those builders, those developers, and that family all had title insurance. And that's because they went through their threat. So now the title insurance companies are going to cut her a check. And so that young lady's going to walk away with a check what the house would have been worth, I mean, the property would have been worth. And so she's protected that way. But any settlemental value she had to that home is gone because they can't rebuild her mother's house, right? It's gone. So that is wild. It's wild, man. The stuff that we see. That's why uh, Mike posted on his Instagram the other day, man. When you learn something new every day, I was like, he's like, it's crazy stuff you see. Because sometimes I think what we've, we lost track in real estate sometimes with the money is that there's real people behind this stuff. Right. You know what I mean? It, it's right. people. I mean, for a lot of people, your home is probably going to be your biggest investment in your life. Yep. So um, when I had a staff at Nip Law, I ran his office um, in Charlotte, um, in Dilworth, before I started my own, um, I used to tell my staff all the time, man, like, dude, like, you might be annoyed, you might have 30 files floating, but it's people right here. This is the biggest thing in their life right now. Um, and yeah. I said, I think that we, if you look at my website, man, we come from a service, a service heart. And I think that's where we, we say, we say, Hey, we're trying to serve you guys. Cause we know this is your biggest investment. I think it's extremely important, man. We got to talk about, uh, you know, mindset mentality, because so many people don't realize just on the legal side, and we're going to get into this in a little bit. We're, we're just on the legal side, how many loopholes you have to jump through just there we ain't talked yet about the appraisal what that sucker gotta do we ain't talked about what the lender gotta do we ain't talked about what the realtor gotta do. there's a whole bunch of people that all have their hands in the pot and uh you know as long as everybody comes from a mentality where it's service first well we can come to a conclusion right but if everybody was just money hungry it's like we need to call that that's when corners start getting cut so forth and so on and you got let problems me ask on you, top of problems you got problems on top of problems, and all they do is compound right yeah but let me ask you this man so i got to know you came from Baltimore, right? Body more, yeah. Body more murder lane. Yeah, you came from you know the streets. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. So you came from from Baltimore, Maryland, man. What was that? 
what was that childhood like where, because I know you played, uh, you played sports, you played sports, you know, damn near your whole life. Right. You, you grew up in Baltimore. Where in your mind did uh, real estate law kind of come into place where you're like, you know what, hey, this is what I'm doing? Um, I'm blessed, man. That's what I'll start with. I'm blessed. Um, I, I, I grew up uh, with my, my, my dad was a warden. So he, he came up in that correctional, um, that tree, he worked his way up from a correction officer working night shift all the way up to security chief all the way to he became one of the first African born wardens in the state of Maryland. Um, that's a position where you got to get appointed by the governor. So um, he never turned it off. <laughs> I always joke. So when he came home, man, it was, I remember one time man, I'm 13 years old. I'm like, man, I'm not an inmate. And I ran upstairs. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. like he never turned it off. So I was blessed, man. And so I grew up in a neighborhood, um, you know, he didn't become a warden, so I got closer to the high school. But as we grew up, man, um, we grew up in a neighborhood where you either became a drug dealer or a barber, you know, no, no destroyed little barbers, but that's a lot of what my boys end up doing. And so um, I was, became really good at sports. Um, I'm Nigerian. If you look at my last name, Hajerica, um, like I said, my parents were immigrants over here. My dad came over here. He was 18 uh, on a soccer scholarship with Texas Southern. He actually left Texas because of the racism that was going on up there. He kept, uh, he actually went to school, got two masters, and then people kept getting promoted over him. So he was like, I got to go somewhere else. So he went to Baltimore, and then that's when he was able to grow his career. Um, so sports helped me big time. Um, I was really good at first at soccer, and then um, I had a coach, Coach Rick. I'll never forget him. He, he passed away now. Um, saw me running around soccer fields. Like, hey, man, you need to play some football with that kind of aggression, and Ever since I was seven years old, man, I've been playing all the way, all the way through college, um, played at uh, two schools, Seton, Seton Hill, um, which is in Pennsylvania, uh, and then uh, finished up at Geneva College, which is uh, another D2 NIAA, NIAA school in uh, Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. Um, but when I was there, man, I saw a lot of guys give checks to people. And when I say give checks to people, they, you know, anybody that came up and said, hey, I'm an agent, it's a small school, you know, no one's coming to our game. You know, you have a few NFL scouts, but they were 3,000, 4,000, calling their moms in the locker room. Mom, I need a check. I need a check. And so these agents will take these money and disappear. Mm. And so I was like, damn. I was like, man, that's crazy. So um, in my mind, I, I wanted to be a sports agent when I went to law school. Um, I looked mm -hmm. it up online. You need a, either a sports management ma um, master's or you need a JD to be a sports agent. And I was like, you know, I'm going to be a sports agent that helps these small school kids. I don't care if I get you to the Canadian league. You know what I mean? It's, it's still money to play a sport. Um, got into law school. Uh, what's funny is I went to go see one of my boys play at Wake Forest. Um, I'm at a tailgate and um, Sal Basamo um, was there and he's the owner of Barrister's title. And we just got to start chopping it up, man. You know how I am when I start drinking, Mike, you know, I start talking <laughs> and uh, we having a good time. And he's like, look, man, he's like, you're smart charismatic you need to get in this real estate game and I'm like nah this is my second year of law school I'm like this dude's crazy I'm like real estate that's kind of boring as hell um but he was like look I started my own law firm now look at it. I own, own I own my own title company and so for me I was just like all right let me give it a shot I interned with him one summer he sat me down put me on game and um the rest is history man uh I started that firm Brave Sox when I first passed the bar then I moved on to Coster Law which is another big firm here in Charlotte um, they do a lot of uh, builder closings. Um, I also, while I was in law school, I did closings for McMillan, Strudis, and Markey, which is they're probably the biggest in the game right now. Um, they do a lot of D.R. Horton, Ryan Home closings, um, and 
they would just give me $50 at closing. And um, at first I had no idea what I was doing, but I think uh, everybody's seen that Instagram where that guy's like, what does practice do? And the whole crowd says, practice means perfect. And he's like, oh, destroy that mindset. You know, you've seen that. I, mm-hmm. I took that to heart because I feel like that's so real. I'm 31 now and I feel like my whole life, you know, you're like, man, why am I in this situation? But you're in this situation because practice makes improvement. You know what I mean? So um, there's a lot of closings in the beginning, man. I had no idea what I was asking. I, when I was being trained, Ralph McMillan, you can look him up. He's been doing this a long time in Charlotte, I think close to 50 years. Um, you train, yeah, he's sitting there, he's training me. And all he's doing is slide, older white dude, he's just sliding papers to people. People are signing, laughing, he's handing keys. I'm like, damn, it's easy. <laughs> I start sliding papers, people pushing the shit back to me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, what you, they're like, what's this mean? What's this mean? What's this mean? And so that's how you learn, man. You learn through practice. Um, everybody, um, and when I mean sliding papers, everybody doesn't know. Um, the lender usually requires you to sign a real thick packet, about a hundred something pages. If you're going through a traditional lender, even if you're going through a hard money lender, they got documents too. But um, the attorneys usually the ones to sit down with you and sign those things. So um, learning, man, learning that that's that's the whole thing. Um, coming from Baltimore, man, I think sports helped me and saved me. Um, grew up in this area called Rosedale, right on the city line. So like, um, got some boys who are no longer with me here, but. Yeah, it w- I got very lucky or blessed. That's good, man. That's awesome, man. Um, I wanna I wanna touch on you know your your thought into working with a larger firm before starting your own firm, right? And yeah. you said it. You mentioned it a couple times right now, and you were like, "Hey, I'm, I went with a big firm. I'm there for a year, but that's where I get experience from, right? And you get a bunch of experience from." I notice a lot of people when they get their degree or they get whatever they're going to, they automatically go straight into business. As soon as they have an idea, they're like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to go start my own thing. Right. But it sounds like you decided to do the opposite, go work for somebody else, learn some things and then go start. Your Can you speak to that? Yeah, man. I think that's, that's the sports background. Um, uh, especially I remember I had a strength addition coach, man. Like, we're going to teach you the foundation. When you get on the football field, you can ad-lib after you have the foundation, right? Once you once you know the rules of the game, you can do your own thing personally. You see what I'm saying? Um, so I feel like that's the mindset that I had. Um, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to one of these firms. I'm going to see how they do things, what I like, what I don't like. Um, I think I watched one of your episodes one time. You guys had it on Instagram. Uh, the guy said something about, like, it's not about the home run. You know, you get out of school. Let me go ahead and start my own business. It's not that I consider that's more of a home run. And those who do it, kudos. But I think the guy said something about like, it's not about the home, it's about gaining experience. Mm-hmm. And I think from my experiences, I've met people like Mike, uh, Taylor Kastner, uh, Mike Hosey. I've met those guys through those avenues, through those channels uh, that I probably wouldn't have met if I started my own thing, man. Um, also, too, I think you can look at how people do things with their personalities. So, Brian Kazowski, everybody has a niche. So the first firm I worked at, they they had a deal with Rocket Mortgage, and they did. If you were doing a refinance in, in North Carolina, you were doing it through Braden Kosowski. Uh, I can sit down and tell you his whole his whole scheme and schematic how you had it. But this man was a genius, man. I mean, he's still a genius. Um, we would close close to 50, 60 deals a day almost, and that's because the night before, mobile notaries were going to people's houses and closing them, and then they'll give they send them to us overnight, and then you would probably have six attorneys, seven attorneys reviewing the documents as if I was there at the closing with you personally. It's on the computer. Everything's digital. We're going through it. And if there's any mistakes, we send it back out to the notary. The notary goes correct it. But then we get it on record. 
So that was his niche. That's how he made, that's how he make his money. Um, the next firm I went to was Cost and Law. Um, the, I said that he was opening up firms in different states because he's following the builders. Ryan Holmes is his, his main connect. He got that main connect and he's following Ryan, Ryan Holmes, NBR Mortgage, if, you, if you've ever heard of them. Um, so <clears throat> he's, he did that way. Uh, NIP, which is the one that I give a lot of my success to, um, because he sat me down, taught me the game, gave me the playbook. In fact, when we sat down, when he was recruiting me from Costner, he told me, he was like, look, man, if you ever leave here, you're opening up your own shop. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I was there for almost two years and, um, he catered towards realtors. And I think that is a business model that I like better. Um, only because we know what, we know what it is. The market's going to ebb and flow, right? You know, if there's no more land builders, ain't building no more. Um, if, the, if the interest rates are terrible, people might not refinance anymore. But realtors, no matter what's going on with the, with the market, the realtors are going to sell at least one house, right? And when they sell that one house, you want them to use NIP law or Jericho law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you sat and told me that playbook, man, I like that a lot, man. And so it was giving people your cell phone number, answering the phone after hours. Uh, my fiance don't really like it that much, but I'm like, look, we out to dinner right now because I am answering this phone call. Right, right, right. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? So um, I think that's my business model, man. And like I said, every step of the way I've been pitched as a problem solver because I feel like, you know, um, what we're doing here isn't heart surgery, right? No one's going to die. Um, no lives are really on the line. <clears throat> so there's always a solution to a problem. You might not like, Mike, Mike might call me and say, man, this client did X, Y, and Z. I need, how can we solve this? He might not like my answer, but I got an answer solution. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our Military Cashflow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. That's the thing that you know we harp on so much here is that you have to go through those experiences, right? So you know, we can't downplay that yet. Yeah, like you mentioned, people can come out of school or whatever and say, I'm going to start my own journey and do it by themselves. They can. Right. But the fact that you have all that experience behind you, you've seen a lot more and you were somewhat protected because if you fucked up, you know, you had, I you had, had somebody that kind else. Of, I, yeah, I, right, I, right. I you're going to be like, he didn't teach <laughs> right? you. Have, you kind of have that little bit of wiggle room. Right. But uh, when you're on your own, you don't. And so I think it's really important to have that background of experience. And now, like you just said, I come to you with a problem. You said, no, I got to answer. 
Oh, yeah. Don't worry, I got an answer. You may not like it, but I right. got an answer. Not only that, man, the experience teach you if you don't know the answer, I can I know where to go find it. I know where to go find it. I know where to go. Bro, why come kids today? I swear to God, my little sister is back. She's 15 years old, man. Yeah. She's like, Mike, how do I do this? I'm like, what'd you do to find it? Like, what did you do? Did you Google it? Did you do, ask uh, uh, Siri? Or what'd you do? She's like, what, nothing? What you mean? I, people don't even know how to uh, look up stuff anymore. Problem man. solving is terrible, man. Pro- I mean, I coached. So what I did was to expand my brand is um, I was like, I got to get out in the community, right? So I coach uh, youth football. I know football. Um, so I was like, oh, and I do it in South Park. It's an affluent area. So I'm rubbing shoulders with the dudes who, you know, they got money. Um, and it's helped me build my, build my business. Um, but a lot of those kids, man, I'm like, all right, look, we're going to do this, 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 this drill, work as a team and figure it out. We could be there all day. They won't, unless you give them directed. So I'm like, man, I'm like, um, you know, Indian runs, the person behind you, blow the whistle, next person go up front. You would think that it would click after a while. Hey, person up front, slow down, (laughs) slow down. So we not all down. Man, it, they, it, Mike, it don't click. So we start practicing in July. We usually end around November if we make the playoffs. It don't click till November. Bro, it, 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 it asked Dan, too. For some reason, in the military, 19 to 24-year-olds, we do Indian runs. They don't yeah. get it either. It's like, bro, slow down. Bro, it's man. Race. It's... You got the one dude trying to get the 300 on the, on the PT score in front. Like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Screwed everybody. It's, it's wild, man. And so problem solving, man. And, and I think um, – if you have that skill set, it's going to set you aside from everyone else, especially in y'all game and investing, man, because um, most of the properties got problems with them, you know? Right. Um, so you want to be able to solve those problems. You want to be able to contact somebody who knows how to solve those problems. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing is problem solving. Yeah, man, I think that's a, that's a, a very, uh, it's, it's, it's not out there as often, especially with uh, the newer generation, like you were saying, Mike, um, I, I think, sometimes they kind of got to be taught how to problem solve. Like they got to see it first, right? They're like, all right, this is what I do when I have, because I do it with my kids all the time. They do the same exact thing. I got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. They come to me with the same stuff. Like, hey, daddy, how do I do this? Or daddy, what do I do this? Well, what do you think you should do? Let's think about it for a second, you know? And maybe you have to teach them how to do it and then they'll finally start doing it themselves. So it it eventually clicks. You know, I, I think honestly, this is the only thing that school right now is really good for. It can teach kids how to problem solve potentially, right? If you got a good teacher and things like that, because, uh, now, now, law, uh, medical, things like that. Yeah, you got to go to college, right? You have to. But people trying to go get art degrees and everything else, it's, it's fine. Do what you want. I don't care. But I think the process of school is, is really kind of designed to help you learn how to problem solve, right? The more the higher in education you go, the more research you got to do. I, I'm assuming at law right. school, you had to probably do an ass ton of research to write Shit your papers time. and everything. You see what I'm saying? Shit time. And that's the only thing that I, I don't think we harp on enough to, to, the, to the children because all kids hate school. It's like, yeah. bro, just just go get your grades, but just learn how to research. You know I hate learn it. How I, to do it right. I hate it. I hate it. School, man. I tell people all the time, I wasn't for sports, man. I probably wouldn't even gone <laughs> all the way through. I, I hated school, bro. Um, my pops would always say, man, you 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 take the test just to pass it and master the subject. And I'm like, yeah, nobody got time to master all this. Like, no. Nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until I got to law school, man, where the 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 teaching method is totally different. So it's not like, okay, here's the book. Here's 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 you know one plus one is two put, commit that to memory in law school they want to teach you a law they make you read a case six seven eight pages sometimes mm-hmm. ten pages and so then from that case you got to discern what the rule was from that case so that's yep. that in itself is problem solving you know yep. 
um, so that they can give you a list of scenarios, how the judge attacked those scenarios, what the judge said his final ruling was. Now you got to read his ruling and find out what the rule is. Um, reading statutes, the same thing. So, I mean, the kids I coach are uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, uh, junior peewee. And so you're getting to that age where I'm like, man, two more years, you'll be in high school. You know what I mean? And so, like, no one's going to hold your hand. So I, I, I'm kind of hard on them. And eventually, man, a lot of parents come up and be like, hey, thank you. Because I feel like you're, you're, they're missing that these days. Um, but with the Google thing, man, I mean, I don't know how, how I feel about that. I go back and forth, man. I, I get phone calls all the time. Hey, man, I, I saw this on Google. And I'm on, and once I hear that, I'm like, because I feel like Google, I feel like Google has, because we have so much technology right here, um, yeah. we've lost, we've lost respect for expertise, man. You know what I mean? You Absolutely. guys are an expert in what y'all do, you know? So you, if I call you and say, Mike, I found this investment property I found on Google that I can do X, Y, and Z, you're going to be like, look, man, I've been doing this for a long, long time. This is what you should do. I get people all calls all the time, man. I found this document on LegalZoom. Uh, can I use it? That's I'm the like, one. I'm like, That's I'm, the like one. I'm like, bro, um, you got to think laws are state specific. Um, yeah. Every 50 states got their own thing. The federal government has their own thing. Um, what you found on LegalZoom is just going to be a basic borderline draft it's you know, you to add. that's yeah. just like and not to get too political on the on the whole covid thing but that's just like when somebody says well i've done my research and i've seen that it does it i'm like what was what was your research was it google yeah like i, I it's like cool but that ain't research so you i'm know gonna what take I mean? i'm gonna take google over a guy who went to school for nine years studying right this exactly shit? exactly especially when it comes to legal stuff like you're talking about because i mean if somebody called you today and was like, well, I read statute uh, X7B3, they'd be like, bro, if you don't sit your ass down. Like, <laughs> now listen, now listen, I don't want people to get it confused, right? Educate yourself. I'm right, cool correct, with that. Correct. You know what I mean? I obviously don't know everything about everything. I got to educate myself too. But at the same time, um, if I had a title issue and I'm not familiar with it, I'm going to call my guy Sal, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, I'm going to sit here and tell him, hey, this is what I looked up. Let me know if I'm right or wrong. That's how you start a conversation, you know what I mean? Not, are you sure? Because I saw on Google this. I'm like, well, yeah. man, if you if you if you doubt me, why you call me? Right. Good point. Good you know point. What I mean? You know what I mean? So I mean, so definitely do your own research, but I feel like you know, make sure you add on to it um, someone else's expertise that's been doing it in the real world. I love that. I love that. Amen. So I do. I do uh, want you to kind of walk us through. Real briefly, not a whole bunch of detail, but let's talk about a, an entire file, a real okay. estate file. When it comes into the law office from start all the way to closing, what does that process look like? Who touches the file? How many people? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. So I'm going to do this without boring you. Um, so I always tell people, look, we're behind the scenes. You know, we're like the, the elves behind Santa's shop. We're trying to make it happen. What do people see on Instagram are, I closed this house. Here are the keys. Everybody's happy. But the process behind it is this. So when we get, when, for us to start, I always tell people we either need a title request or we need a contract. Uh, those two documents right there are going to be key because they're going to give us a starting point as a law firm. The first thing I'm going to do, especially I'm going to tell you about Hygerica Law. Um, I outsource my title searches. So um, at NIP Law, we had in-house title search abstractors. Um, anybody doesn't know, those are people who actually pull chain the title from the county. So either, if some counties in North Carolina are still in the stone age, you either got to go to the courthouse and pull everything. Most counties are now online for some documents. Um, 
but I outsource mine. So I send my, I send it to my guys. They now bring me back. Um, I tell people, give me about two to five business days for title to come back because they're not just going online and seeing who has the previous deed. Now your lender controls the whole, if we're talking about a traditional uh, transaction, your lender right. controls the whole thing because me as the attorney, <clears throat> I am your attorney as the buyer, but I'm also the seller's attorney as a settlement agent, but I'm also the lender's attorney to make sure that they're following all the guidelines that they need to follow federally, you know, Fannie Mae, all that kind of stuff. Um, so they give me, it's almost about two pages of guidelines I need to follow. So they either need, sometimes they need a 30 year search. You know, if you're FHA loan, they need a 30 year search um, because they want to make sure that there's nothing wrong with that chain of title. Um, so when we get the file, we'll do those things. What we do it here is that um, the buyers and sellers will both get information sheets. Um, those information sheets, we call them the Bible because what that information is going to tell me, it's going to have questions like, I need your social, I need your date of birth, I need all that kind of stuff. All that stuff's going to help me with the file. After the abstract gets back, I review it as an attorney. And then what I do is in North Carolina, we issue to a title company. I give them my, what's called an attorney's opinion. So I give them my opinion on what happened on title. I can say, hey, it's clean. I can say, hey, there's a deed of trust open. There's a lien, there's a loan. Um, in that title search, we do everything, man. I, I, I pull your whole background basically when it comes to that uh, is property. It, I gotta, is there a specific, like, I mean, it's not a, I'm assuming it's not a website you go to. Is it like a, something that only attorney, only closing attorneys have access to that you find out the, like the, the very, very background information. I know you say you go to the County. I'm assuming you're just looking at like the, the, you know, I, I guess I'm trying to figure out how is that different than just kind of going on the County website yourself and seeing, you know, who is, that's, who a, is that's, a, that's a great question. You can go on yourself and most abstractors, the way they become abstractors is that they learned it on their own. Uh, one of the guys that I use, I worked with him at a foreclosure firm. So we pull title for foreclosures, right? You want to make sure everything is clean. And so he was like, you know, I'm done with this. And he started his own abstract company and that's what they do. They pull title. So yeah, you could, Dan, you can go online and pull it yourself. Um, the difference between you and my guy, Richard, is that he knows the flow of how titles should be pulled. And what I mean by that is how the deeds should connect, how the deeds of trust should connect, where the satisfaction should connect. Um, we also do judgment checks as well. Um, so that you do need to be an attorney to go ahead and, and or an abstractor to go ahead and have access to that website where it has all the list of all the judgments. So we put your name in the system. We do different name variations because sometimes you might have, you know, they might on the judgment, they might've put your middle name. You might've changed your middle name. Um, and then what we do is any potential judgments that pop up, I let the lender know, I let the title company know. And then what the title company or the lender will tell me how to satisfy that issue. They'll say, hey, listen, let's verify what is social. Make sure the social doesn't match. Or they'll say, hey, we gotta satisfy that, that judgment before um, we closed. So that's so how you, that process it's, goes. So somebody could do it, but the way that you package it, the way that you communicate it, the way that you fix it, right? you know, in theory, somebody could do it themselves, but it takes a lot of expertise. It takes that, those repetitions. Well, because here's the problem. You don't want to miss anything. Exactly. So there might be, uh, you know, you guys are in a transaction, Mike, you're the seller. <clears throat> you might've opened up, a, uh, you might've got a mortgage when you first bought the house, right? But then you refinance that mortgage has to be satisfied first because now the refinance is going to give, they're going to, they're the, they want to be first in line to get paid if anything went down. But then when you did that refinance, you had so much equity, you're like, man, screw it. Let me go get an equity line, right? Yep. 
all that has to get recorded because in the process, I don't want to skip steps, but after closing, we do what we call, it's called a final title opinion. And so the lenders bug us for it because they want it because they want that final title policy issued to them saying, hey, listen, your lien is now protected. It's um, a clear close. Right. So, so to, they're like, hey, it's close. This is after, this is way after closing. Um, they want in at least 30 days after closing. But they're saying, hey, that, that, deed's on, that deed of trust is on record. Your lien is now in first lien position. And here's the title insurance to prove it, right? Um, if, you're, if Dan's like, all right, I'm buying this house. I don't want to use an attorney. Mike, you said you had a mortgage. Okay, cool. He goes online. He sees a deed of trust. But he might miss the equity line. So now he goes and pays for your property. Say it's two hundred thousand. He's like, he's like, all right, look, I'll give you, I'll give you two thirty-five, right? So now you, your loan's one fifty. You clear the loan, and the rest is your profit. Well, that equity line is still open. So now Dan is now taking that property subject to that equity line. If that equity line ever wanted to foreclose on him, Dan screwed. Damn. So that's those a are solid point. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the things that like an abstractor will go through, and then sometimes I'll be honest with you, man. Sometimes the abstractor might miss it. And I'll go through it and I'll catch it, right? I'm like, hey, this that, that's the benefit of having multiple people. That's, 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 that's why you have so many people look at it. And if I don't mm -hmm. catch it, the title company will catch it, right? Right. So that's why you have so many people then, looking at it. And then if nobody catches it and yet it's still there, that's insurance. what the title insurance is for. That's what title insurance is for. Yeah, that's so right. now so, the title insurance will play that game, you know, just like car insurance. They'll right. find out whose fault it is. They try to find their best way not to pay out a claim, but they're going to yep. get the money from somebody. Right. And right. then and Dan in this in this scenario would be covered. He'd get his money back or something. He'd get, he'd get his money back. Um, or what they're more likely to do is they'll go ahead and they'll say, hey, the attorney missed it. It's gonna come out of my EO insurance, right? Right. And, but they're gonna pay the equity line so Dan can keep his house. Got it. Hey, man, I always now, wanted to know that because I'm like, man, why does it take so long to come back with closing? In my head, I'm like, bro, a title search is so easy. <laughs> like I can just look on the, I can just look on this. No. I mean, I knew I knew there were some things as far as like judgments and liens that you have to kind of look up, but I'm like, man, this can't be that hard. Like, I know there's bro, a I, bunch of people behind this, dude. I don't know. So understand. what happens? So what happens after I get calls all the time? I get calls up. Oh, so after title review, we submitted yeah, it over to that's everybody. where we stopped. So what, what, yeah. what do you so think? after title after title review, we sent, submitted to everybody. So you got the lender's underwriter and then you got the title company's underwriter, right? They're all gonna look at it and then the, you know, underwriters, their job is to determine risk. So they're gonna say, Okay, look, look, we're gonna give this person this much money as a as a loan. Let's see the risk on this. Um, the title company that issues a title policy, you give that to the lender, that gives the lender a peace of mind. Once the lender has that, most of the time at that moment, we have the clear to close. So we're ready to rock. Um, <clears throat> then we get all the money. So there's two main rules in North Carolina that I always tell people. Um, I'm not allowed to give out any keys or put anything on until we get on there on record. And I'm not allowed to give everything, put everything on record to all the money sitting in my trust account. So I need all the money. I need the, the, the lender's money. I need the buyer's cash to close. I need all that in my account before I can do anything. We can sign all documents all we want. So um, after, the, after you get the clear to close and the title policy issued, then the signing part comes up. Everybody comes in, we sign everything, we get everything in order. And then our job continues where we go ahead and we do a final update to title. So I'm gonna go back and look at title again to make sure Mike didn't sell the house before we closed, right? Because he could have, he could have, or he didn't open a new line of credit before we could. And I, I've had that happen before. Someone opened up an equity line after they're on the contract with a house. I'm like, what, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, you, like, like, what are you doing? So um, you check, you update title. Then I go ahead and put your deed 
um, from Mike to Dan on record. Then I put Dan's uh, deed of trust, which is going to be his, uh, which is securing his note from the lender on title. So the deed goes first, then the deed of trust. Um, we make sure all the lender requirements are met before we finish the closing. So the biggest thing for the lender is because they most likely want to resell the loan. They want to make sure all the main documents are signed properly. So your, um, I forget the name of it, but it's the uniform uh, uniform uh, application. They want to make yep. sure that's done because they want to see how you were able to get approved for the loan. Um, the biggest thing is the note. That's the contract between you and the lender. So I always tell people double check that thing. Make sure your, your interest rate is correct. Make sure your monthly payment is correct. Once you sign that note, it's a wrap. Um, I'm dealing with a case now. Actually, my buddy just called me about a case that he's dealing with and I helped out with um, deficiency judgments. So what that means is um, you might get foreclosed on, but if the lender doesn't get all the money that they were promising that note, they can file a deficiency judgment and kind of collect it afterwards, if that makes sense. So uh, you got a loan for 150, they foreclosed when you only got 120, that 30,000 got to come from somewhere. Now, most of the time, the lenders don't do it because if you weren't able to pay your mortgage, what's the, what's the likelihood you got 30 stacks on you, right? right. <laughs> they just call as a loss and then try to resell the property. But um, sometimes, man, they, they, sometimes they might come after you for it. So um, you got to look at all those things, man. And so sometimes, Dan, I always tell people, I always get calls, man, how fast can you close this? And now that I run my own shop, um, I could probably do things a little faster than when I was with those bigger guys. Cause you got to think at NIP law, man, it's seven different offices, right? Mm -hmm. And as an attorney running each office and you got, I was doing eight, nine a day. And if each office is doing that type of volume, you got to remember in a, a law office, I always tell people we're 30 days behind the market. So if it's popping for y'all, it don't pop for us until 30 days after because you always put on those contracts, we're closing 30 days later, or you're doing this because y'all got to get appraised, y'all get all these things. So we're always 30 days after the market. So we'll be super busy. And you got to remember, it's in an order. It's we always close things in the order that we received them. So um, somebody calls me, hey, Mike, you know what I mean? So I got, I got a couple, I got a list of guys who are my main clients. Mike calls me, hey, man, I need you to move this up. I'm going to work on it, right? I'm going to put that to the front of the line. But I can't, I always tell my guys, hey, I need this title rushed. They rush it, miss something. You know what I mean? Yep. That's and this is, and this is important. Play. And that's why I'm glad you're bringing this up and why I wanted to kind of dig into this because uh, both Dan and myself have had plenty of people. I mean, hell, even some of our own deals, but we sit back and we're like, why is this taking so long? But again, guys, what, what Solomon just covered was just on the, on, the, on the attorney side, right? So we got a title request or a contract to even start the process. A lot of times people will be calling and be like, hey, can we get this? It's like, well, where's the contract? Well, no, I'm just thinking about Buying house, like, well, we ain't doing shit. Well, you think this is like, we ain't like, like yeah. listen, man, now that that title search coming out of my pocket, so exactly. I'm not, I'm not gonna order title if you don't got no contract. And so we got the title searches and all these other things. Then we got it while the title is waiting to come back. I mean, we still got to get lenders docs, all this other stuff. Then once the title does come back, we got to go under a full review. We got to have the underwriter or the lender from both parties come in and say their things, whatever the case is. Then finally, once we get that policy reviewed, we got the clear to close at that time. But then I love how you said this as an attorney, you're basically representing all three parties, if you will, buyer, right. seller, and the lender. So right. now you still got to review all of this paperwork. And for anybody who's closed, 
for anybody who's close, I don't have any packets in front of me. Yeah, I should have brought, brought one. Oh up my, it's like a stack. damn, them things are stick. Yeah, and you it don't matter. It, do, it don't matter what you're closing. So I like you know, equity line is the only one where it's a little thinner. But right. if you're refinancing, it's almost like it's almost like you're buying a house all over again. Of course, yeah. All you know what I mean? So people are like, "What's why is my refi taking so long?" And I'm like, "Whoa!" I'm like, "Still paperwork." I'm like, "It's still paperwork." I mean, real estate you can you can blame real estate for the rainforest, man. I mean, everything's on oh, paper. Of course, of and course. So, oh, yeah, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like everything's <laughs> yeah, yeah, on paper, yeah. man. So so we and I and I think when you when you when you try to tell people the process, they're like, "Oh, okay." They're like, "Yeah, yeah but why is it still take?" They're like, "Why is it still over. taking that that long?" And I'm like, "Well, every title's different." The one I just sure. closed, the one I just closed on Friday had a foreclosure in it, but the foreclosure firm be, that that did it forgot to add 0. 0.037 acres of the property. Yep. So they foreclosed on everything, but one little sliver is up at the, up at the lake, and but it's like right near. So I guess it must be like a like a walkway or 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 mm-hmm. um, a dock to walk out into the into the lake. I'm like, why why would you for so technically? They foreclosed on, let's say they foreclosed on Dan. Technically, Dan still owns that small little part of it because that part wasn't yeah. included. Can't so now I got to tell, so now we, you know what I'm saying? So now I got to chase down Dan. I got to tell the title company, like, hey, somebody, some, the likelihood of Dan coming back and saying, hey, I want my one little sliver back is very unlikely. So I had to call a couple companies, man. And that's another thing too, man. Everybody assess risk differently, right? So yeah. my one title company is like, no, nah, hell no. Nah. Like get that foreclosure to fix that. I'm like, I don't got time for that. You know, so I yeah. go to the next, I go to the next title company. Hey. Y'all, there's a situation. This is what I'm seeing. I'm putting my name on it. Solomon Jericho's Jericho Law Firm. We're saying, hey, we're good to go. Let's get it rocking. Nah, man, we can't. We can't get off my article. I call the next one. And then finally, my boy Brad at Harbor City Title was like, look, man, we'll cover it. Cool bet. Let's close. So that's a really good point, too, because not everyone's going to be smooth. So some may take you longer. But one thing I love that you said is everybody, and I want everybody to pause and rewind this as many times as you need to. We are all running a fucking business. That means everybody gets into a line. They're in a queue, period. Not only the attorney, the lender, the agents, the tit- the courthouse, everything. So it's not like your situation is the utmost importance because there's 300 clients. There's whatever the case may be. And you got to balance. And you got to. And you know what I mean. You got to balance that thing. So you got to balance that customer service. Right. Like I'm trying. You know what I mean. Like you are my customer. I'm gonna take with the reality yes. of business like like bro i got i got i got 65 right, right yeah now. you know what i'm saying so i mean you try to flip and then like you know you don't want to give a skew but like covid you know some courthouses yep. were only letting people in one at a time so my ass yep. i'm like yo what's going on with this he's like bro i gotta make an appointment to go to the courthouse yeah and if i look on this document online it's not really clear i need to go to the courthouse and pull it because yep. you're not suing me six years from now yeah and that's the thing you got to remember when these transactions Real estate, um, my mentor told me, he was like, look, man, it's not the first year. It's not the second year. It's not the third year. It's year four and five, right? Six. Somebody right. tried to sell that thing. And they're like, whoa, Jericho Law messed up on this. So mm-hmm. everything you do now is you try to do it right the first time. That's the one thing I learned at Nip Law, man. Josh Nip taught me that thing. Like, you want to make sure you do it right now. Because if you do it, if you take the time and it, you might delay closing two weeks, that client might be pissed at you. Mm-hmm. but at least six years from now and they're not coming back and being like a Jared Kowal messed up on my title. That's a great point, man. Like, um, and I like that you described everything that the attorney, from, basically from your perspective as a closing attorney, what it looks like for you. Right. Cause 
I think anyone out there listening has probably had the same thought, just like we've been talking. Why does it take so long? And we also talked about like, hey, all attorneys aren't built the same. Some will do something. Some will be smooth. So, so the question for you, what should we be looking for in a closing attorney? What are some like key indicators that we can say, all right, yeah, that's that's who I should be. Cho- that's who I should be choosing. Because most people, if you're buying a house, usually it's not even usually it's not even on you, honestly. Like. Very, I imagine very few people say, yes, I want to use this specific closing attorney because usually they're doing one transaction every, I don't know, seven, eight wow. years, yeah. whatever right. it is, right? right? So usually they don't um, care about the closing attorney. Usually it's on the realtor. So what should we that's be a looking good, for? That's a good question, man. What you should be looking for, first and foremost, is Hegerica Law Symbol. It's just <laughs> round. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I knew you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? That's what you should be looking for. No, no, but for real, um, uh, another thing that I learned was no one Googles real estate attorney, right? Nobody. No one Googles it. No one looks it up. So what I pitch is like, I'm part of the, the realtor's team. I'm part of the lender's team. Because what happens is when you come in as a client and you're like, man, that was fun. That was smooth. That was easy. You're going to tell your realtor and then you're going to tell your friends. You know what I'm saying? So it's word of mouth. Um, but what people should looking for is thoroughness. I think that's the biggest thing. You want to make sure that your, your closing attorney is thorough. So what I mean by that is they're looking under every single rock. Um, also, you want to make sure there's a process in place. I think that's the biggest thing to help eliminate mistakes is that there's a clean process. Um, so from the fact, from the point when we get that contract to the point where maybe a day or two, the paralegal hits you up with, hey, I need a information sheet signed to the point to like, you go to like, hey, we got your title back. We're still in the X, Y, and Z. There's a process in place. I think if there's a process in place. Then you can be a little bit more assured that everything's being done correctly um be wary of uh yeah we can get you in next week you know what i'm saying um i think that right there shows in your closing attorney that mm, they're gonna do things to cut corners to get me in next week right um for us we always like to set a closing date december 16th your closing date we can move it up if the lender is cool with it or if everything comes back smooth we can move it up but we're setting this date as your closing date so you can circle that on your calendar. Um, my paralegal will shoot you an email and say, December 16th, four o'clock, here's our address. Boom, 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 boom. Um, and then if we need to move up, we can. Um, I think those are the things you need to be wary for. But what you need to look for is a, is a thorough process, a thorough, be thorough and a process. You know, I love that you said uh, caution those who say, hey, I can get you in a week. Guys, anybody who says that they can beat whatever the market average is, just to get your business, be cautious, man. Right. Be cautious. There's a lot of times, even on the lending side of the house, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, we can close in a week. And then all of a sudden, now we're asking for two or three fucking extensions on the contract because they never could close. That's not, that's not what you want. You want. You want expectation management up front. That way, when you go back to the negotiation table, it's like, hey, cool. We all knew this was going to take 30 days. Right. Like I didn't lie to you and say we're gonna take a week, and now you're looking bad. You got the attorney looking bad. You got the real estate agent. Look, don't do that, guys. Well, that's the that. thing, man. Especially that. to your real to your realtor clients, um, it's all about presentation, right? So right. even even when you sit down with your realtor, you want to be you want you want your realtor. You don't want to come back and have to explain situations, right? Oh, we need. Hey, listen, we need. I need you to sign this addendum so we get an extension. I need you to sign this addendum so we can get this. Because it's like, it's like, it's like, why is that? Why do we handle this up front? And so that's why I tell people, look, I want your business, all right? And I'm going to do my best to get your business. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you a personal touch. Here's my cell phone number. 
You know what I mean? Here's my office where we're located. Come in anytime. Um, but if you're telling me, hey, Sal, I need to close this, close this in a week and a half. I mean, that's that's going to be tough. That's going to yeah. be tough, especially if in these in these in these Roadoke counties. You know what I mean? Out out in the middle of nowhere. That's you could you could just. And now I'm just kind of spitballing, but could you say, all right, we could do it in a week. We'll push it to the top of the line, but we're going to charge you three times, three times um, as much. Yeah, uh, I don't. So as an attorney, I can't, I can't do that, right? Okay, uh, all right. Because because the lender, the lender, anytime, just to give you a little background. Anytime we start a business with a lender, you got to be on their approved list. So I send them. They ask for everything. My E&O insurance. They ask for our policy and procedures. They ask okay. for my um, uh, fee sheet. And they okay. ask for they ask for everything up front. So if a lender gets my prelim CD and sees, oh, whoa, what is this charge for? I gotta explain that. Now, what I can do to move you up front is, all right, I'm your guy now, right? So all your deals that you're doing in North Carolina, I'm I'm your guy. You know, what I mean, I I I I mean, I'm I'm up front with mine, man. I I had a little sales background when I worked at a gym, and you got to hear three no's before you move on. Right? right. And that's one thing they drilled in our heads. And so I'm going to, I mean, Mike, you know, that's, you know, I'm asking for your business all the time. I'm like, I'm like, what's up? You know, yeah. I, I had no shame in it because otherwise you closed mouths don't get fed, man. Right. So um, if I'm going to do you this favor, all right, do me one solid work. Cause our game is volume. Our game is right. volume. So um, that's what we're trying to grow. We're trying to, we're trying to grow in our game is volume. I got one last question before we start wrapping up. And it's probably really quick, but I know it's something that most listeners are, are questioning. You kind of alluded to it a little bit with the fee sheet, right? Mm-hmm. So are there, are, is there an industry essentially kind of like an industry standard of about how much fees, fees um, are going to be, or do they, do they fluctuate heavily between different law firms? So that's a, that's a great question. So um Professional responsibility is a, is a class we all had to take in law school. One case that always took out to me, because, uh, you know, I, I love money, um, was uh, the attorney lost his license because he was overcharging people. And so what that ruling came out was there has to be, you have to be around the industry standard. And if you can prove the industry standard, then okay. So um, Bill Dill is a huge family law attorney in Charlotte, he, he recently passed away, but he used to charge us crazy amount. But the way he got away with it is because he's like, listen, I'm the best family law attorney in Charlotte. Um, so I'm gonna charge this. And so the court's like, all right, that's the industry standard. Okay. Um, there was a time way before our time, um, my mentor said there was a time where real estate agents, I mean, real estate attorneys were making 1% of the loan amount. Um, it then changed. There is a flat fee that most attorneys will, will charge. Um, for us, your traditional closing um, on the buyer side is about 1060. That includes a couple, so $1,060. Um, that includes a couple of different fees into it. So we got a settlement fee, the title uh, exam fee, and an admin fee. Um, the firms I've been with, I've been with four, I've mentioned a couple of them already. Um, everybody could have pretty much charged around that same price. Um, two of my boys that I went to law school with, I'm still boys with them now. Our kids play together. Um, they work at this, at similar firms, real estate firms. Um, they charge pretty much the same thing. Uh, where you're going to see the difference is uh, wire fee. I don't charge a wire fee. I got a great hookup with Fifth Third Bank where they don't charge me for wires if it deals with a transaction. So 
um, but you'll see that stuff on there if you ever so just go back and look at any of your old deals your altars they explain your altar will lay out everything on there better than what your cd would be because in the cd the lender is going to put what the full, like you might see hegerical law 1060 on the cd but on the altar you'll see hegerical law 1060 settlement fee 695 admin fee 195 and you'll see the whole breakdown on the altar um and i think this is super important to understand because most people don't realize, you know, yeah, these fees, this is how you get fit. This is how the company keeps going. You already mentioned once that you outsource your title. So right. that means you have to pay for that, right? right? So you have to start to collect these fees. But here's the real kicker here. Let me ask you something. Okay. If, if you start this process, you already have to pay the title company because that's what you need. What happens if they don't close? Ah, that's a great question. Well, that's a great question. Um, my, my son, my son eating ramen noodles. If it, that's the answer. That's the answer, man. Um, no, so yeah, so we I still pay out that title search. So I had a, I got a couple men this month who and we and you just take that as a loss as a company. It sucks, but you take that as a loss as a company. What you okay. what you what you bank on is that that individual is gonna come back with another deal that actually goes through. Right, right. And and this is something that I want everybody to understand because as investors or home buyers, most of the time you got blinders on and you're thinking, I want the house. I want the house. I want the house. You don't care about the attorney, about the realtor, about the lender. You really don't. You're just like, right. I want the house. What you don't realize is by spinning up the cycles, every single one of us spends something. We right. spend some money, we spend some time. And then at the end of it, you're like, oh, I don't even want to fight for it anymore. I'm done. <laughs> Instead of having the damn conversation with you about how to save it. Now, this is coming from a personal space. So don't, don't let me rant, goddammit. But look, guys, <laughs> you have to be conscious that, you know, uh, that money is coming out of Solomon's pocket. That well, money, that's why, that's why I fight out. to be a problem solver, man, because right. I, want, I want to close as much as you do. You know what I mean? Right. Your, your, your commission might be way more than what I'm making, but at the end of the day, um, I'm about volume. volume game. I'm a volume, volume game. game. So, mm -hmm. so I wanted to go ahead and close. So that's why we got that admin fee in there. Um, mm -hmm. Not only that, man, I'm, I'm paying for, uh, now we're with UPS, but I pay for your lender once the original's back. Most, yeah, of these, yeah. most, of, most of these lenders out yeah. in the Midwest, right? So they're they not here in Charlotte. So I'm not driving and dropping it off. I'm paying for the, and then they want it the next day. So I'm paying overnight, one day overnight. Um, so you got to think all those. So my favorite thing at the closing table, man, is when people look down and they're like, why am I paying you this much? I'm like, I'm like, damn, you ain't yeah. say nothing. You ain't say nothing about the 3% to your realtor, but you, this, right. this, this, this 1060, <laughs> you worried about this 1060? I mean, um, the one dude, man, that this was a, what five hundred and eighty thousand dollar home? So the realist is taking home right twenty something. No I'm like, I'm like, I'm not. I'm like, man, listen, I'm. I just went off on the dude. I was like, look, I'm paying for this. this, 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 this. I was like, don't ask me about my fee no more, man. It's the, uh, so, um, but it's cool, man. Uh, it's it's the game we play, man. And so I think that's it's the rules of the game, man. You got you got to love it. You got to dive in. Um, I tell everybody all the time, man. You. Um, everybody's like, oh, well, how do you handle all this stuff? Like they might cancel on you or they, I'm like, man, you got, Jerry Jones said something very, very funny to me one time, man. You got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then I heard Steve Harvey say the same thing. He's like, man, like success comes when you're uncomfortable, man. And so, um, as long as you're okay with that stuff, man, you know, you're going to roll with the pun punches, man. And you know, God's got you, man. And you know, it's going to come back. It all circles back to each other. I mean, I had a client who, who canceled two times on me and she was like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry like my client's definitely going to close i was like it's cool it's cool you know we're gonna cover the cost it's cool 
and now, man, she 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 bringing two three deals a month now. Nice. You see, what I'm saying nice. so. It, it all comes back. All right, man. Hey, so I love we're, we're gonna wrap this up, man. Um, it, we, I love the conversation. Absolutely love the conversation. It's a lot of stuff I just didn't know about um the, the closing side of the house. Um, we're gonna switch up the question just a little bit, right? For those out there buying their home for the first time, what is one piece of advice yeah. that you would give them uh, in regards to, you know, the closing or, or really anything? Uh, biggest thing is uh, get a realtor. Um, I know a lot of people are sitting out here and, oh, I can go online, go on Zillow and find my own house. Get a realtor. And if you have a realtor, make sure they're a good one. Um, make sure that... Uh, you do an inspection on the house, man. Um, I, I got a horror story right now. The real, so your realtor is kind of like, I say like they're the middleman. They know the inspector, they know the attorney, they know the lender, they're gonna get you, a, you know what I mean? They, they're gonna wanna put all the pieces together so that you walk away with the house that you want. Got a lady right now, the realtor just, I don't know if she dropped the ball or what, but she has, she has an inspector that she uses all the time. That inspector came out to the house, inspected it, blah, blah, blah wrote his report up, boom, boom. So there was a little crack in the foundation. He's like, no big deal, blah, blah, blah. Lo and behold, the house, the family before that, did some renovations to the house, knocked some walls out, messed up the foundation underneath, and the house is sliding. Hmm. They've, this lady's had her house now for a year and a half, and she's like, the crack is bigger and bigger and thicker and thicker now. So they're going back now. Um, that's not a title issue on the legal side. That's more of a contractual issue. So the in inspector's insurance is now going to cover that. But just because it's covered doesn't mean you want to deal with that. The lady has three kids. Now what? You're going to move out? You know what I mean? This was your forever home. So I think that's going to be my advice to everybody, man. Get you a good realtor. Talk to your friends. Go online. Um, because that realtor is kind of like that middleman. And everybody keeps saying it's a dying industry, blah, blah. But um, just because of, of the internet. But there's things on Zillow, man, that you can't you you can't see on Zillow that a realtor could now and do. I actually really love that, guys, because the realtor, depending right, depending on the situation, a lot of times their fee is actually covered from the seller's perspective. Right. So, it, in all sense and purposes, it's kind of free for it's you, free. right? Because it's that's free a whole other conversation. Right. But you want to have that expert kind of there to make sure that you aren't missing that. Uh, right. It really is important. I love that. So, soft plug for us if y'all looking for a realtor. Come holler us over at Military Cash Flow because we can find one across the nation for you. But with that being said, we got our little soft plug there. Now it's time to plug you, man. Everybody Woo! wants to talk to you. How can they find you? All right, man. So uh, the best way to reach us, man, is um, Um, You can go on there. You'll have all of our contact info. Um, you can even email me direct. Solomon is my first name, S-O-L-O-M-O-N at Law. H-E-J-I-R-I-K-A law.com. Email me directly. Uh, any questions, I'm always down to listen. Uh, put you on the calendar if you want to do a phone call, man. I do 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minute convos. If you just want to go ahead and just, hey, man, I got this property. I know you guys got a lot of investors on here. Um, I always advise people, get a title search. Um, I personally, because we outsource ours, we charge $225 for ours. It'll come back in two days. If you can, I know a lot of these deals have to be done done the next day, but if you can hold on two or three days, man, um, get a title search because now you know if the person really owns the property or if there's any judgments on it, anything's going to cost you out of pocket, man. Um, uh, but yeah, that's how you can reach us. 
Good stuff, man. That's great. Hey, well, I appreciate the conversation. We both appreciate the conversation. I know our audience is going to get a lot of information out of this. Uh, and hopefully they'll walk away with a better understanding and you'll get less questions like, oh, why am I charging this? <laughs> Where's the 1060 coming from? It's wild, know? man. I'm like, man, all the fees on everywhere about the 1060? Hopefully you'll be like, oh, man, listen to military cash flow. I understand now. So yeah, right, you're, right, you're right, right. 1060. But um, right. yeah, man, thanks for coming on and, and, and dropping a lot of knowledge. We really appreciate that. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I think uh, a lot of, a lot of this stuff, man, is, is knowledge shared. You know what I mean? Mike, you had somebody who shared the stuff with you. Dan, you had somebody who shared, I had somebody who shared the stuff with me. And so I feel like that's, that's just the, the right of passage is to share it because like I said, they don't teach it in schools, man. You don't really learn anywhere else. And this game right here, there's a lot of money to be made. Um, Mike knows I got a little investment side um, company on the side too. So I'm always plugged in the podcast like this, man. So y'all doing some good work. So I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hey, if you're watching this on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, uh, share this with somebody else who, who might need it, who's going through their closing, who's, who's buying their first home and might need to understand some of this information that will definitely help them out. You know, um, if you're listening to us on podcast, leave us a, leave us a review, leave us a comment down there. We appreciate those as well. Um, other than that, this is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassman. Signing off.